We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Light Years. Andy Lou, the draft combine is going on right now, and I just think it's great. I love the combine. People showing up in suits. Everyone's having the best job interview of their life. Um, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm conflicted because I want the Warriors to compete right now, but I also really do love me some draft season. You do, you do. You know, I, I I hate to be the bear. I hate to be the vibe killer, but draft season doesn't intrigue me that much. I don't. I like to watch the players. Now I love summer league, so I love summer league because now I know what players are on what what team, and I get to watch them. Um, I I just I don't know how much I care about the draft season, and I know the next two months are gonna. Well, what are we? The next month is gonna be draft season for us. Uh, but like the scouting gone by, that's tough to me, right? Like some of these guys where I'm just like. Do I spend 30 minutes Sam watching this guy? Because I'm never going to see him again. But you know what? If I'm watching highlight tape of, uh, I don't know, my guy Chris Duarte, <laughs> I know that's Duarte. Be next, <laughs> I know that's going to be the next Warriors guard for the next 10 years. So not Duarte is the same age as Clay, dude. He is. No. He's 24. How crazy is that? Well, that just means he can play right now. <laughs> That's what that's or, he's ready to play. Or right he's now. or he's the old dude playing against high school kids and looks better <laughs> than he is. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. So someone in the chat's asking about what Zach Lowe and Jonathan Gavoni ah, said offhand on the pod. I kind of want to talk about it. I, I, I know uh, you feel the same way as me, which is there's just no way. But they did offhand throw out maybe the Warriors and Detroit might be interested in Wiseman and both picks so the Warriors can move up to number one for Cade. I will if that happens at the draft party by the way you guys all need to buy tickets to the draft party you get a free drink with your purchase we'll be donating some of the money to charity uh prizes giveaways it'll be a good time make sure you get your tickets if that happens i don't even you're gonna want to be there to see what andy and i do i'll just say that much oh my god are you god the warriors end up with kate cunningham now i will say this uh zach Lowe wouldn't bring up that trade offer if there wasn't some, some something to it he's not you know he's not a guy on twitter with he's not a takesman 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's just, yeah. I mean, he's not a guy on Twitter with 2000 followers. That's talking to a random agent of an agent, right? A brother of an agent. He's getting like third, third hand, uh, information fed to him. And you're just like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I'm sure that was said by someone that was close to the player. Like Zach Lowe's probably talking to Mike Dunleavy. He's probably talking to Steve. He's probably talking to Joe. Like he knows all those guys. He's probably talking to, to the Detroit team, right? He knows what's going on. So it is worth, it, it is worth noting. I mean, they, they said it pretty clearly that, Detroit was one of the teams, and particularly their GM, Troy Weaver, was one of the teams who really liked James Wiseman. Like, we know how Wiseman was polarizing. Some people were higher on him than other teams. Um, Detroit is on the list of teams who really like James Wiseman. So they could be a team who's like, you know what? He's just as good as a number one pick to us, you know? I don't know. It feels a little far-fetched just because Cade is – He's one of the more polished, like, easy choice prospects I've seen over the last decade. Like, very little chance he's not a very good player. Um, So I'd be surprised if if a team's looking to trade out of that. But who knows? I mean, I can't think of a more perfect player for the Warriors than Cade. So I'm just going to let myself daydream. And it's also exciting to me because that feels like that's the Warriors. They're looking at all options. All good teams look at all options. All good front offices look at all good options. Excuse me, all options. And you know, we're still hoping that the Warriors front office is going to make the right choices. But I think it's cool that they're looking at moving up, right? That's what that tells me. It's like, okay, like you're looking at what those trade picks can get to you ter- get you in terms of value. What that also says is they're looking at what James Wiseman's value is around the league, right? They're gauging what teams maybe would want to pay for James Wiseman in terms of draft picks or whatever it is. That I think that's interesting because as much as jo- Joe Lacob has said in his podcast with, uh, with Tim Kawakami about – James Wiseman being the center for the next 10 years, I am quite certain that they're shopping him. You know what I mean? Whether they make the trade or not, who knows? It's like the Kelly Oubre stuff. Who knows? They didn't make the trade. But they shopped him for months. They the, him. O- the only thing I'm confident about is that they are going to try to be aggressive for next year. Whether that means trading Wiseman or doing something else, whether that means moving up in the draft or trading the picks for a vet. I do think they are going to be aggressive in some way or another, and we'll see how the chips play. They tried to do the same thing last draft. It didn't come to fruition. You know, just because you want to make a move doesn't always mean a move exists. But like, I I don't buy their smoke screens that they're like happy where they are because where they are is a middle of the road, mediocre team who's not competing for a title nor bottoming out. Yeah. So they got to make a decision. And I, actually that, that trade rumor actually got me excited, not because I think the Warriors going to do it, but it really just tells or me. Or Detroit's going to do it. Moves. <laughs> or Detroit, Detroit's definitely not doing it. I would, I would assume. I don't know, but I would assume. And I think read- the... I think yeah. the Warriors. I think the Warriors would do it if uh, the Warriors leaked that. Is what happened? Is they told Zach Lowe that? Hey, we're throwing this trade idea out there. Is probably what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. I definitely th- that was definitely a Warrior. Uh, I don't. I don't think the Warriors would have to deliberate long on that potential trade, you know, like I, I think Bob would be like, can we keep the 14 pick? And they'd be like, no, he'd be like, okay, fine. Okay. That's, uh, yeah. uh-huh. that's, that's the move right there. Bob's like, you um, sure you don't want to, you don't, you sure you don't want a couple few future protected first. You guys sure you don't want that. Hey, hey, we got, oh. we got Smiley locked up for two more years on a cheap deal. We can have him instead. Better value. <laughs> I, uh, I am enjoying, here's what I do enjoy about draft season. I, I do enjoy, this is like the most nerve-wracking time for a lot of these young players. And uh, right. 
and it is it is cool whenever they do interviews with you know your Mike Schmitz, uh, you know ESPN draft guys, and those have been excellent. To, yeah. Those are the cool. That's the cool stuff. I like. I watched the Lamella ones last year, the Wiseman ones, right? A lot of cool stuff of them breaking out film because those guys are still new. They're still green. They're still like, well, we still want to treat the media well. <laughs> like we still want to talk to the media, right? Once you get to you know some of these players that become good and they're like, well, I don't really give a shit about the media, which is you know fair or whatever. They're just like, we don't need to talk to them anymore. Those before uh... that, you know. It's, it's neat to hear them talk hoops. Those Mike Schmitz videos also are um, – you get, like, a, a feel for the uh, the prospects' personalities, too. Like, are they introverted? Are they extroverted? <laughs> are they Do they, like, understand hoops? Or are they, uh, let's just say, going off of instinct, not really knowing what's going on? Like, you, you get kind of a – I always walk away with them with, like, a feel for, for the player, both, like, on the court and off the court. And – um, so, so it kind of, it, it helps me out in the process. God, you sound uh, like Bob Myers. God. <laughs> <laughs> what a, all right. Um, I, I had one topic today that I wanted to get to, and then we'll open it to questions. All so right. I, I think we all agree the Warriors need more than just one thing to like fix their roster. Like they need, they need a little bit of everything. They need a little more rebounding. They need a little more playmaking. They need a little more shooting. Uh, they need like multiple players. You know, it's, it, this isn't a, situation where it's like all right all we need is a backup center and we're good to go you know like they need to add a few players to this roster so it got me thought thinking what is the thing i want them to get most and i feel like this is a debate we always have on twitter which is playmaking versus shooting and so i want to see where you stand on it like you know um all things equal where would you like the warriors to put the most of their resources whether it be like the TPE or a mid-level exception, like where do you think they can do the most? Where do you think they need the most help in playmaking or shooting? Shooting. I think it's shooting. Um, and, and here, here's a couple of reasons why I think that. So I am tying in Steve Kerr's kind of strengths and weaknesses into this discussion, right? Because you just, you can't not do that. I mean, it's, sure. it's what it's part of the offense. So in a Steve Kerr world and in a world with Steph, uh, and Draymond healthy and, and Clay presumably at some point relatively healthy. I, I don't know how much playmaking that they need, and I don't know how much playmaking can actually be played in a way that you get with these resources that they have. So they have the 14th pick or the seventh pick. They have uh, taxpayer mid level and the vet men. What players can you like? What playmaking ability uh, player can you get with those that Steve Kerr is really going to trust? I don't know, right? I don't know. But shooting wise, I think that may be something where. I think the Warriors can find that's a little bit easier to keep on the floor. Um, end of the day, I think that those are the kind of guys, if you're talking about the margins that they can get, that Steve Kerr is going to be open to playing. And that it can also play in an end of game situation. Because here's the thing I think about in a playoff series or just a playoff game. If we're talking about shortening the rotation to six, seven guys, I'm not looking for a playmaker. Right? I'm looking for a guy that can stand next to Steph and Draymond and make open threes. That's the thing I care about. Now, if we're talking about maybe 82-game season or the next five years, probably I look for shot creation because Steph is not going to be Steph. Oh, see, 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 I totally disagree with yep. you because the Warriors could shoot the ball fine this year. I don't think they had an issue shooting the ball. I don't think they were real shooters. That's the that's. I think the I don't I think the issue is none of them are capable of dribbling the ball without like looking down and looking like Stanley in the office. So <laughs> you know what I mean? I think for me, like we're gonna disagree on this one. And someone in the chat mentioned um someone in the chat mentioned Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole 
is a playmaker and he's going to help them, but they don't have enough playmaking. I'm looking at every team left in the playoffs and they have at least two guys, if not three on the floor at all times who can create off the bounce in some capacity. And I'm not talking about like Luka Doncic or LeBron. I'm talking about like Bogdanovich, Herder. Um, I'm talking about Devin, well, Devin Booker's a superstar. I'm talking about campaign. campaign I'm, ta- yeah. I'm talking about guys who can, who can dribble the ball and can hit an open shot. I wouldn't call any of those guys amazing shooters. Well, maybe maybe Bogey, yeah, but her, I, to be honest. But you might be overlapping the two, though, if you're talking about – of course you're going to want the guy that play makes and can make the shot. But I guess if you're choosing between I, the two. I guess I'd rather have the guy who is great out of pick and roll but shoots mid to, mid to high 30s percent from three than the 40-plus percent knockdown shooter is where well, I'm at with this conversation. And I, you do bring up you do bring up a fair point, which is like – but who can you get with those oh. tools? Because typically playmakers are expensive, right? <laughs> well, like think, it, it, there's not there's not cheap playmakers out there. Although Campaign and Reggie Jackson are cheap. Yeah, they seem to figure that out. I, well, I think you're thinking, you know, maybe from a Warriors perspective, they're going to have to choose between the guys that are at 36 to high 30s three point percentage versus the guy sure. picking row who's shooting low 30s. Like I think those may be the realistic options, right? Because honestly, you tell me some guy that can operate out of pick row could shoot mid 30s. I'm taking them regardless. <laughs> I, 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 I hear we all win. We all win. But I hear what you're team, saying. Yeah, that guy might not be a shooter out of pick and roll. And I think with Steve Curry, he's probably gonna be I'm not gonna play that guy anyway. Like that's and that, that's the other thing, right? Like if if how long did it take the Warriors to kind of let Jordan Poole kind of be Jordan Poole? in terms of having him handle the ball. Like, that's the other thing, which is, which I'd be curious about. If the Warriors end up getting a vet guy, like you're saying, that can operate out of pick and roll or can just get to the hole, say for Derrick Rose, for example, is he going to be able to play like D. Rose? Yeah. I actually think Derrick Rose would play well because they always play Derrick Rose with like a passing center. Like, all those, like him cutting off of Joe Kim Noah and stuff like that, he can work. The real question is like, how many minutes is Steve going to give that defensively with the two small guards, so to say? Um, but when, when I'm thinking about it, I just want to point this out. Obviously, Steph and Clay are the two best shooters in the league. Getting Clay back does a lot to help your shooting. Wiggins can hit open shots. I wouldn't call him a shooter, but he he hits open shots as well as like a lot of guys in this league. 38%, I'll take that every day. Right. Um, Damian Lee is a shooter. Jordan Poole is a shot maker. He's a streaky shooter. I think his shooting percentages will go up. If I was to add shooting, what I would actually want is they need a big man who can shoot because they have enough guys on the perimeter who can shoot the ball with when healthy. The issue is Draymond can't shoot. Looney can't shoot. Wiseman, this is why I want Wiseman to be a shooter because Wiseman being a shooter opens everything up. But like at this point, we don't know if Wiseman's a shooter. I think he'll eventually become one. And then you can go down the line. They're just getting no shooting from the four or five position, which is why they play better when they're small, right? Because when they go small, they're inserting another shooter instead of a guy, you know, kind of um, eating up the lane and kind of giving them no space. So for for me, it's like, if you, if you want to concentrate on shooting, I want to find someone who can shoot and play the power forward or the center position. Yeah. For them. I don't need, I don't need another wing who can shoot. Like, yes, it would be nice to like have someone who's better than Damian Lee perhaps, but like, I'm kind of okay with Damian Lee playing 15 to 20 minutes off the bench and just being that second unit shooter running off of screens. Because if Clay's the first unit guy, you don't need that much behind him. Let, let me ask you this. Would you rather have, would you rather have Jay Crowder 
or would you rather have uh, Austin Rivers? Well, they're not the same caliber of player. That's <laughs> um, unfair. No, Jay's a uh, Jay's a high-end defender, though. That's that's. <laughs> well, I mean, that's you might not be ask that's ask me. About, I'd rather have Derrick Rose than Jay Crowder on this. Okay, okay. How's that? How's that sound? Okay, yeah, I think yeah, Wiggins can do okay. enough Jay Crowder things to play that small ball four. Um, but Derrick Rose would be someone who gives him a different element. And I, by the way, I, I love Jay Crowder. It's just like I'm <laughs> looking at like things that they need on their roster in general, and like. The only team in the last decade plus to win a title with one guy who can beat you off the bounce was the 2015 Warriors. That's just it. You know, like you look at every other team, they got like two guys, if not three guys who can do it. So I do think while Steve Kerr's system does a lot to make guys better and kind of makes playmaking more about passing, it is I, I do think they need something. And and one last point I want to bring up, like, okay, Igudala is not like a pick and roll player, but he is a playmaker with his passing. Yep. And they've never replaced that. It's like the Warriors got it done with passing, and it was unique because no one else does it. But like they did have a bunch of dudes who at various times in their career averaged over five assists a game. Like Igudala averaged five to six in Philly. Draymond goes without saying, Steph goes without saying, Bogut. Like that is another way to generate playmaking. My point, I guess, is they need to have someone I trust with the ball in their hands other than Steph or Tremont. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's, I think that's probably the point that you're, you're going to be right on um, versus shooting. Because if you're talking about the person that they need that they trust to not make dumb plays, like, like a Kelly Oubre, uh, then we'll take that guy over a guy that's that's a shooter, right? Because we've seen that work for the Warriors. Because if you put that guy next to Stephen Clay in a, in crunch time, you're going to win. Uh, you're going to win. But I also think that the Warriors have to look at it differently now throughout the course of an entire season. Uh, we were chatting, chatting with a friend of the show, Marcus Thompson, and he said, it's great that the Warriors have or think that they had awesome 16-game players this season. They still had Steph. They still had Draymond. They still had Looney. And that was good at the end of the season. But guess what happened? They didn't have players that can play in the 82-game season. Right? Like right. Those guys weren't good enough. So you're going to have to last. And you're going to have to have good players all 82 games. And they didn't have enough of those guys. So I think that's where shooting is important. Because we're, we're watching like Joe Harris and, and Pat Connaughton. And, and I, don't, I don't like to loop those guys together. Joe Harris is a lot better. But right. those guys are regular season players. And you see how rattled they are in the postseason. But I'm almost sitting there and I'm like, man, like they were damn good in the regular season. Like I'll live with that. You know, you can maybe say the same thing about Harry B. Like he was damn good in the regular season. He was pretty good in the postseason sometimes. Obviously, in the NBA Finals, he shrunk. But that's NBA Finals. You know, you'll live, yeah. you'll live with that. They need those players to get them there, right? Because they're not there right now. Like you said, they are not a championship contender right now, today. Um, no, so we'll they got they, they got the get. foundation of a contender, but they have a lot of work to do to get you back there. Like we know you can build. You, you, they, oh, definitely they can. But that's what makes this offseason interesting. It's like it's they need to make a few moves. It's not just like about adding one more shooter or one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's a little bit of everything. And I don't think yeah. Um, yeah. someone in the chat goes, Sam, I've got a trade target for a big man who can shoot Christian Wood. I mean, yeah, Christian Wood would be excellent. Are you willing to give up Wiggins for Christian Wood? Sorry, not Wiggins. Um, obviously, give up Wiggins. Uh, are you willing to give up Wiseman for Christian Wood? 
feels a little. Well, I mean, the Warriors sad. went through it, so yeah. Yes, you're right. <laughs> it, but but that that's another example. And, and there, by the way, there's more than just shooting and playmaking. We saw Atlanta win yesterday, in my opinion, mostly because they were more athletic on the front line. They just owned the glass and got second half, um, got putbacks and everything. But like the Warriors do need to to add some of these elements that they don't have right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you want to open this to questions? Yeah, let's get some rapid fire ones from some people. Trying to answer some good ones. Let's get some questions. So if you want to speak, now is the time to hit the speaker request button. We'll, We'll talk on anything. What's up, JJ? Hey, uh, thanks for having me on. And I, I really wanted to ask if that uh, trade, potential trade idea from Zach Lowe is leaked from Detroit. Does not, that not raise a red flag about Cade? Thanks for having me on. Ooh, hmm. interesting question. I hadn't thought about it from that angle. Um, I do know Troy Weaver has, I mean, all OKC guys are kind of, uh, we joke about how they just love athleticism, right, Andy? Like, it's like they're kind of known as the team who loves to take the toolsy guys and teach them how to play basketball, right? So I wouldn't be shocked if an OKC alum was, let's say, higher on Wiseman than some other teams. Yeah. I'd also think if you're a front office, you're not doing your job if you're not canvassing the league to see the value of the assets that you have. God, that sounds so that sounds terrible, but like that, it, just, it is what it it's is. It's the job. It's the job. Yeah. <laughs> the unless job. you're yeah. unless you're the defending champion with like the 2017 Warriors roster, you got to always be like figuring out where you can get better and what yeah, you can do. They weren't putting Steph on the trade block to see how much he was worth. But you know, the number one pick, Kate Cunningham, like. Why not throw that out there and see if the Warriors trade the next six draft picks on all unprotected for him? Like, you probably still wouldn't do that, but I wouldn't. But you, you might as well ask for it. So I, I don't think it's a case. I'll say this about I'll say this about Cade. I've watched a lot of Cade. Uh, if there is one criticism, it's that he's a B. I would call him more of a B-level athlete than an A-level athlete. Like, he's, he's more of a Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler type of athlete than a um, – you know, like a LeBron or a Westbrook. And I don't think that's a problem because he can play, he's skilled, he's huge, and he moves well laterally. But it's just like, for some people, if he's not getting his head above the rim, you're like, well, is is he going to be a star at the next level or is he just going to be like a really nice role player? You know, I could see some people thinking that. I personally think he will be a star and it'll be in like the clay Jimmy Butler 
type of like, all right, so he's not winning a dunk contest, but he, he does everything you need him to do on a basketball court. Well, type of way. Hey, I mean, if he's skilled, then I mean, look at Luca, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Good point. Gary in the chat Gary, also threw it I just out. stole yeah. that. I stole that. That's, that's my fault, Gary. I didn't read your, but I mean, that's the guy I think about if you're, you're, if you're, if sure. you've got enough skill, it over, it overcomplicates. And size. I mean, being six, eight with a seven foot wingspan, um, it's a lot easier to maybe not have that final burst if you're big <laughs> with skill, right? It's a little easier. Like Luca's, I mean, is, is anyone Luca? I guess it, it is a good point. Luca didn't go number one because people were. It was, it was, yeah, that was one of yeah, the. Yeah, they're they're just like I don't know. He might just be like a nice, a better version of Gallinari in the NBA. And it's like three years later, you're like, yeah, that was a mistake. Should have took him one overall. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to the next one. Abdi, bringing you up here. What's up, man? Hi, hi. How you guys doing? Good, good. We're good. Uh, I just had a, I just had a one question. Uh, watching all these uh, playoff games, and I'm watching Trey Young 15. I'm watching Booker having a good games, and no one is double teaming these guys. When Steph was playing, you know how three guys was coming to him right after he passed the half court. Right. Nobody. <laughs> Getting double teamed, it gets me mad all the time. That's my question, guys. Thanks, guys. Sam has your answer. Sam has. That's your a answer. great question. Oh, you want me to take it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, none of those guys shoot the ball like Steph. Um, I thought I thought uh, Milwaukee's strategy was pretty clear. Milwaukee was like, Trey can go for fifty. We just don't want him to get fifteen assists. There were more concerns. It's like the LeBron strategy, like. You know how everyone's like, let LeBron score. We What we really don't want is LeBron to get the whole team going with his passing. And I feel like that's how other stars get guarded. But Steph is like maybe the most dangerous scorer of all time that you're just like, nah. Because <laughs> if we give him a one-on-one, he will actually drop 70 on us. So yeah. uh, let, let's get the ball out of his hands. And that is the fundamental difference. I don't care how many points Trey scores. The defense tells you everything you need to know. They do not fear his score in the way they fear Steph. Oh, look at your answer. I did not know you were going to go down that route. Well, well, thank you. Thanks. You got the Steph better answer. Here's what I got for you. You know, none of these guys are playing with Dream on and Luke. Yeah, that's, that's true, too. John Collins would be. I thought you were going to say. John that. Collins would be really nice next to Steph. John Collins. <laughs> I, I love Steph. We all love Steph. But yeah, I mean, we love Draymond. But I mean. <sighs> <laughs> Draymond can barely score four points on an NBA basketball court. Like there are nobody scared of him. Like I would throw three at Steph. Like it's not a hard thing to do. And then you've got Looney out there who's, you know, Looney's fantastic. We love Looney. You know, these guys are all championship players, but who's scared of those guys, right? You got both eyes, those guys on the in court. A, in, right? a, in a perfect uh, world, you would not be playing Draymond and Looney together for stretches. <laughs> <laughs> and they um, all season. You know, they had no choice. And that's why we talk about shooting. And that's why we talk about playmaking. Yeah, just do something. I guess that's the end of it. Do we want playmaking? Do we want shooting? We just want someone who can do something. I'll take I'll I'll take Clint Capella because at least he's gonna dunk it all over you with offensive rebounds on repeat. Huge offensive rebounds. Huge offensive. Yeah. Rebounds. Yeah. By the way, I think uh, John Collins and Capella combined for like forty points last night, maybe thirty-five. I'm going to take a guess. Draymond and Looney never combined for that many I was going to say, do you have the numbers? Do you have those numbers? I would, I'm wondering if they combined for 18 or 20 in a game this season. Like, at least 2016, Draymond could score the ball a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that's, that is kind of the problem. All right, keep moving. Yeah. 
What's up, man? Uh, what's up? What's up? Um, one thing on the on the whole Detroit situation, I think like one thing that we haven't considered is the fact that Isaiah Stewart was on the second second team All Rookie. Like, like as of now, he played pretty well. I know Wiseman's a better prospect, but there's also a huge teardrop between one and seven. So I don't think Detroit will make that trade. There were some rumors rumors about them liking Jalen Green though. So that's something interesting to watch, I guess. Um, one thing that I was wondering about. <clears throat> on the Zach Lowe podcast, he said they that he did say that they are in win now mode. Assuming that they don't trade Wiseman, how do you think they're going to adjust his usage? Do you think they're going to use him more in pick and roll? Do you think he's going to play at the end of games? Like, how do you see year two of Wiseman going if they're in win now mode? Mm, great question. That's a great. That's a great question. Um, I'll take the the Wiseman part first. Um, I do think they're going to get him more in pick and roll. They were they were already starting to do that before he had the meniscus tear. Um, I don't think he'll be closing games next year unless he takes like a massive leap. Uh, it, it just seems the coaching staff is kind of, you know, if Wiseman can only give us 12 good minutes, that's all he's going to get. None of this like 25 guaranteed minutes to develop because we need to like make more noise with Steph and Clay and Draymond. And we can't, they'll, they'll lose like Kerr will lose the locker room if he's playing Wiseman 30 minutes and he looks like as lost as he looked in the middle of this season. Yeah, I think that's they how they were using him there at the end of the season is how they're going to go forward. Um, I think they made a mistake by hyping him up. Um, and I think they found out they knew that. I, I don't know if I don't know if I can blame them. I think they probably thought that he was going to be awesome. But the difference between, you know, training camp and, and regular scrimmages versus real basketball is. Turns out pretty different. Remember those reports that we used to get about how great Harry B looked every every offseason and then games he'd be fine, but he wasn't special, right? Not to say my guy, my guy David Lee was developing a three point shot every offseason. Every yeah. you know, like it turns out in the real games, you kind of you kind of are who you are. Not to say that's Big Jim because he's still young, but but uh, yeah, you got to give him some time, man. Like like and and I think the um, here's what I think about the, the low comments. I do. He brought up what I thought was the the most important part. Uh, he mentioned that the Warriors are looking to win now, win now, win now. Like that's the most important thing that the Warriors are trying to do. So um, that's now I'm curious to see what they do about that, how they go about it, right? Like if that's the case, then they're not picking that two, seven and 14. They're not, right? If that's the case, then they're probably making a trade, right? Not with those picks, but maybe with some players. Like I'd be fascinated to see that because if they had this exact scenario last offseason, they probably do end up using both picks and they just end up moving forward because there's no clay. But this season, I think they know that. I think Stefan Draymond has told them that, <laughs> uh, that they've got to actually make some moves. Yes, yeah, I agree with you. I think, uh, think Stefan Draymond did a damn good job being, like, good teammates last year. But, like, this isn't going to last forever. Like, you kind of have to be a little more serious about winning. All right, next question. No cap. What's up, man? Can you hear me? Yeah, yes, we can sir. hear you. Yeah, uh... I had tweeted y'all uh, earlier about uh, Ben Simmons for Draymond. What do you guys think about that? Ooh, I, I love the question. Um, Andy, you want to go first? Where are you with the Ben Simmons stuff? I do think Ben Simmons is yeah. going to be – he's going to be shopped. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be shopped, and people are going to want Ben Simmons. Um Daryl Morey already running the. Uh, by the way, Daryl Morey already running the propaganda about how they're going to get him a new shooting coach. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, just like how the Warriors got a new coach for Wiseman. Um. Anyway, the the Ben Simmons stuff. I would like to see Ben Simmons on the Warriors. I, I would. I think it'd work. 
what I think what I think would not be good for the Warriors is trading Draymond for Ben Simmons. I don't think that'll work because Draymond is fantastic defensively. He's elite. He's all time. He's generational, and he's still that player defensively. In a short series, in a twenty game stretch, he can still do that. Um, so I think the Warriors, if you're giving up on that for Ben Simmons, very bad idea. And offensively, Draymond, while not very good, as we always talk about, what Ben Simmons did in the postseason was nothing short of just a miserable failure. Like, that's someone that I don't think is ever going to be able to recover. Um, but if you tell me that you trade Wiggins for Simmons and you try to put Wiggins, excuse me, you try to put Ben and Draymond together and have the new Andre Godala Draymond, I'm with that. I think yeah, get, get, he, the fifth player better be able to shoot the ball. That's right, yeah. better not oh, better not yeah, be loony. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Like, if that's the case, then then I mean, just Steph has got to say something. But yeah, I think that'll work. Ben I'm a li- so I'm a little torn. And by the way, I know Andy has to run, so uh, I'll take a couple more callers after Andy leaves. But um, here's where I'm torn. Ben Simmons is six years younger. He is he's trending up while Draymond. I, I just. I keep worrying his body's going to break down on him every year, right? So it's a no-brainer in that sense, but I have such a hard time with it because whether you love or hate Draymond, he doesn't have mental weaknesses. Like I, th- I feel like the best way to describe the two is Draymond missed a floater to win a game, but he took it. Ben Simmons didn't even want to take the shot and passed it to the worst shooter on the floor. Something about the mental block that Ben Simmons has, and this isn't like me projecting, this is like a thing a lot of people say, you know, he he doesn't want to do this, he doesn't like to do that. It's a little worrisome. The talent is obvious, maybe he gets beyond it, maybe he just needs a new situation. But whenever you're dealing with someone who your issues with them are mental, not like, you know, Draymond's issues, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm worried like his back's going to give out or like his knees are going to give out or something like that. Um, with, with Simmons, I, it's just, I don't know what you do with mental stuff. Cause it's, it's kind of scary. Yeah. We can't even start to guess about that stuff. Right. And that, and that's something that even we saw, we saw against Memphis in overtime in the biggest situation, Draymond makes a three, like as much as, as much as we want to roast the, the air ball layup that he made, he shot the three and made it. Now, would we like to see him do it more often? Of course, but he doesn't have that mental block in him. Like in those biggest, big, it's weird that Draymond in the biggest moments is going to do that. But in like normal moments and throughout a basketball game, he's not going to do that. Very, very odd. I don't know how you explain that. The guy just thrives in pressure, pressure situations, which is why I think we all love him. Um, which is why I think you don't do that. You know, you've thrown a point out before, Sam, where, you know, some of the stuff about, you know, Draymond's age versus Ben Simmons, he's still kind of young. Like, I think there's a point there. But I think end of the day, it's, Steph's got what three seasons of prime Steph for four tops. Like you, you, you give him that version of Draymond Green right now, and I think it's good enough as long as you just get some guys around to contend for championships. So I don't think you can make that trick. I don't think you can. Yeah, it's a, it's just tough. Like I don't know. I would, I would want some guarantees um, <laughs> in, in a certain way. But shoot I, a layup, shoot open layups. Is that the guarantee you want from Ben? Dude, just yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's just I'm a little. I'm a little scared, man. It's it's like the way he the way some of the stuff goes down with him. And I'm a huge fan of his talent. Like he's such a good player at so many different things. He should have won he, defensive player of the year over Gobert. Also, Draymond should have won over Gobert. Honestly, never give Gobert another award, Frog. Uh, but like, you know, it's just like it's it's um 
so some of those issues with him are just a little scary for me. I don't know. So uh, you know what? But before before you finish on the Simmons stuff, I uh, just got a text from someone that said Rosillo and and Kevin O'Connor, a uh, friend of the show, did discuss a Warriors uh, Sixers trade. Wiggins seven fourteen for Simmons. Um, they did discuss that. So I don't know if you do that. Um, I, I think long and long and hard about that. I think end of the day, I'd, I'd probably pull the trigger. Um, but I, I would, I would too, because you're not giving up. You're just yeah. giving up one. one if it was three, yeah. If it was yeah. three, you know, I, I don't know. But seven fourteen in Wiggins, or if you're giving up like 2025, 2027 picks when like Steph might be retired, and you know, you don't know where like that type of stuff would kind of scare me. But um, yeah. all right. You gotta get going. I'm gonna take the last couple callers without you. If you, if all you right, go. all right, guys, catch you, Dalton. What's up, man? What's up, Sam? How are you doing? I'm good. What you got for me? Hey, so um, if we don't um end up making any progress on the Cade uh, dreams or aspirations or anything, one player I find intriguing, and there could it be is a some. Pipe dream. <laughs> it is it is a pipe dream. Uh one uh scenario I find possible because they got a new coach. Uh they just hired Rick Carlisle over in Indy, a player I really like who could be a sneaky maybe on the uh trade radar is Sabonis. Uh what what do you feel about the possibility of throwing like some sort of Wiseman 7 and 14 package at Indy? That's an interesting one, Dalton. Um I don't know so on the one hand, Sabonis is a perfect fit offensively with his passing ability and his ability. I mean, he's tailor-made offensively for Steve Kerr's system. You know, they can run the offense through him. He can find shooters. He can also score the ball, unlike Draymond and Bogut, who kind of filled that role in previous years. Uh, but on the flip side, can they develop can they can they have a championship level defense with Sabonis? I don't know. I don't think he's as terrible a defender as his reputation, but I also don't know that he's a good enough defender to hang in there when you go against like a healthy Laker team with AD or even a Phoenix team with like DeAndre Ayton, who's looking like a future all-star and has been quite frankly a revelation in the playoffs. And I, I almost always will side defense over offense for the center position. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I would do it, but that that's an interesting offer. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right, we're going to end it here. Appreciate you all. Um, Check out the draft show. We will be out. We will be back here next week, next Tuesday and Thursday. Later.